The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link Podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies and exercises to help you gain control over your life with MS using research-driven insights and advice from top industry experts. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. You're sure to feel empowered and inspired after each episode. Ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. Today, I am interviewing social worker and esthetician, Emily Bruce. Emily and I became friends through a mutual friend years and years ago when she was a social worker studying to become an esthetician. And we've stayed in touch. I've been following her on social media, specifically Instagram. And she's been sharing such amazing tips on skincare that make it so easy to follow and easy to understand. I took some of her tips and started implementing them and immediately felt a higher sense of confidence and felt like I wanted to take care of myself in other ways, not just in my skincare routine. I noticed I was drinking more water. I wanted to exercise more because I wanted to take care of myself. And that led me to this feeling that taking care of our skin can help us feel in control during times that we don't have much control over other things, whether it be MS, stress, COVID, anything. So I wanted to have Emily on our show to talk about skincare, the do's, the don'ts, the how-tos, you name it. She'll also share ways that taking care of our skin can be easily accessible and financially feasible for anyone. Taking care of our skin is such a great way to implement self-care, as well as reducing stress and improving confidence in the way that we feel. Let's jump in. Emily, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Gretchen. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to ask you all of my questions, but before we do, do you mind if I ask you a question for my interview deck so that our listeners can get to know you a bit better? Yeah, of course. Awesome. So they're really random questions, so be on the lookout. Oh God, you never know what you're going to get when it's off the cuff with me. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Your question is, oh, this is a good one for you. What brand or product do you buy because you feel it's trustworthy? Ooh, easy actually. Um, for over the counter, Coco Kind. I love that brand. They started, I think, in Whole Foods. At least that's where I kind of first started seeing their stuff. Um, easily, like quickly became obsessed. They're really simple formulas. Everything is based in evidence, which is kind of my forte when it comes to facials and skincare. There's so much crap out there that just looks pretty. Um, and the coolest thing about Coco kind I saw recently was they're doing like a pay what you can for products right now. So they've identified that a lot of us, you know, money is tight or whatever. Um, and you can pay what you want. They have like a recommended price, but if you can't do that, you can go online and pay what you want for some of their formulas, which I think is awesome. Um, I'm all about like distribution and, and making things easy to access for everybody. So I love a brand that will do that. 
That's awesome. I've never heard of any brand doing that before. Yeah. And they have a lot of products for like my sensitive and I'm really sensitive too. So it's not a brand that I'm nervous to like try new things that I'm going to, you know, wake up and be puffy or red. Yeah. Yeah. That's a perfect segue. So today we're going to be talking a lot about skincare and um, what a skincare routine should look like. And we're going to touch a little bit too on some autoimmune things that can happen to our face and flares. Before we dive into all of that, can you give us a description on what an esthetician is, what training they have and how they can help? Um, so an esthetician is a licensed skincare professional that can perform a variety of treatments from facials and waxing to makeup application and microblading, which has become really popular. My area of expertise happens to be in advanced facials and kind of acne treatment. I like that side of things. I'll do some like facial waxing and things on the side, but I really love facials and makeup application for events as well. I received my aesthetics training from Spa Tech Institute back home in Maine. Shout out to Spa Tech Institute. Doreen and Candice were my instructors. So if they get to listen to this, they'd probably be pretty stoked. I completed the 600 hour program there, which consisted of classroom style training, like chemistry, anatomy, and physiology. Yay. And then hands-on clinical practice. It took place over a six month period. It was full-time for me, but there were a lot of different options. So if you're already a professional full-time parent, something like that, they do have night classes and things that take a little bit longer. And then you go on to take a state board exam, which is two parts written and performative. So you go take like a basic exam on a computer. And then you also go into a state office. It's kind of scary with a fake little man and they kind of watch you from behind and make sure that you know how to perform all the tasks of being an esthetician. And so I got my training as well as my board certification back in Maine and then was able to just transition it over to Colorado because we have similar training requirements, which is great. Yeah, I think about aesthetic school all the time. I wish I could go back. It was like the best six months of my life. We just got facials every day (laughs) and it was fun. So yeah, there's a lot of different things you can do with it. And obviously estheticians can do a variety of things for you. So when looking into one, you want to make sure you're finding one that has a level of expertise or knowledge in your area of concern. You know, estheticians also do like tattoo removal now. So it's like, you could see an esthetician for pretty much anything. And yeah, they can be really helpful and a great kind of bridge I find before maybe going to a doctor for a prescription or a dermatologist or something like that. Interesting. So if someone is having maybe for the first time ever, or it's a flare of something like rosacea or eczema, is that something that they would come see you for? Definitely. So I think in terms of conditions like rosacea and eczema, so as an esthetician, I'm not technically allowed to diagnose. So if you wanted to go see a dermatologist to confirm, yep, that's rosacea, they'll probably tell you this is not to give any crap to dermatologists. They do a lot of great work. I've seen many in my life, but it's going like going to see a doctor. They might give you kind of a quick fix. Maybe it's a prescription or something like that. An esthetician is really going to take that time to sit with your skin, watch how it reacts to treatment, educate you on what rosacea is, right? What eczema is. I had an old friend I did a consult for recently that actually we determined she has both of those things along with something called ketosis pilaris, 
which is like a lot of bumps in the skin. And she came to me with a whole host of things that a dermatologist told her she had, but she didn't even know what that meant. So for example, something like rosacea, really common in a lot of us, typically genetic, fairer skin, it's going to be comprised of that red or kind of pink skin around the face. A lot of times kind of the cheeks and the jaw area. The best thing you can do for rosacea at home is to reduce heat. That's especially appealing in these winter months, right? To get in a hot steamy shower or to steam our faces. If you have rosacea, I'm okay with a little bit of steam here and there. I don't want you to exceed five to 10 minutes if you're steaming. Same with the shower. You know, if you get in there, try to turn down the temp a little bit. When you go to wash your face, turn it down even more or wait to wash your face when you're out of the shower with some cooler cooler water. Rosacea is often triggered by stress. And that's why in all of my facials, a big component is relaxation. I want to make sure you get the education, what's going on with your skin, but I'm going to follow up with you after to tell you that, because I want you to take a snooze on my table. I think that's important, especially with the world it is today. Simplifying your home care routine, not using anything that's really abrasive. We're going to want to use exfoliants that are more chemical salicylic acid based that are not going to create a lot of heat in the skin, I typically tell folks to avoid glycolic as well. You want to limit your alcohol. That's not fun, especially the wine, protecting the face from wind and cold, probably also going to see a big change in your skin with the mask over the rosacea. So kind of reducing the friction in those areas. The other thing is spicy foods, modifying through diet. So that's a whole long list of things that you can try <laughs> to address your rosacea, you know, maybe take one or two at a time and see if you notice a difference. Yeah, that's a great list. And I love that there's so many because you can just try one and see if it helps. If it didn't do a different one or maybe pile them all on top of one another. And that's what I would recommend, you know, with anyone trying anything new, whether it's products or removing products, do it slowly and intentionally for something like rosacea and eczema. We want to be able to identify what the triggers are. And if you're changing your skincare routine every three months, like cleanser, toner, moisturizer, and seeing a new esthetician and maybe starting a new diet, it's going to be hard to kind of single out what the triggers are for your rosacea or eczema, those types of disorders. Yeah, you know, that makes a lot of sense. However, I don't take my own advice when it comes to that. It's the same in the physical therapy world where, you know, if you're getting physical therapy and acupuncture and chiropractic work all at the same time, if something makes you feel worse, we won't know what it is. Right. So I understand that mindset. With that said, I'm using so many different types of products. And if within a few weeks, I don't see any results, I'll switch to something else. <laughs> and I saw something I don't remember, maybe it was actually on a commercial, I don't know, but it said it takes like eight to 12 weeks of using a certain product before you'll see results. Is that right? Is that timeline accurate? It's true. On my Instagram, I'm trying to do more of this skin education stuff and you can find me at sd.m. So E-S-T-Y dot E-M. And I have a whole post about that and I'm glad you brought it up. It depends on the product, but they're all going to take a while for you to see 
the real intended benefit to take place on your skin. That's going to be a little bit different, probably with something basic, like a cleanser or a moisturizer. It's kind of like straightforward what they do. But if you're introducing something like a retinoid, you may have six weeks where your skin is sloughing and red and peeling, and you have to get beyond that to see the actual brightening effects of that retinoid. Interesting. So the reason that I initially had the thought to have you on my podcast was because, let's see, maybe it was about six months ago, I started thinking about skincare. I really have not been into skincare until about six months ago. And I asked my sister for some guidance because she's been into it for a while. And she sent me this list that was so long of like all the different types of products and all the different things that you should be using within your morning routine and your evening routine. And it was so overwhelming. And I truly just started with like a cleanser and a moisturizer. And just doing that alone helped me feel like I had more control throughout my day. Like I was doing something that is good for my body and it just gave me that control back. If you were to break it down, what are some of the different steps that are required to have good skin, feel good, and have that be shown in your day-to-day life? Sure. So first of all, shout out to your sister. Like I am that girl. I just love skincare and products. And I feel like skincare is really having a moment. Like when I went to school, it was literally because I, I'm a social worker full time. And I was like, I need something fun for me that also makes me money. Cause as a social worker, I can't like go have a hobby, you know, cause I don't make enough money for that. I was actually drawn to this because I think skin health is so important. And in the populations that I was working with in social work, they didn't have access to this. So a big piece of my training and my kind of style as an esthetician is bringing it down to basics and creating a routine that is going to be accessible for you, for your wallet for your time, for your needs. And I just want to break it down and say that all you need to have a complete skincare routine is what you just said, a cleanser, a moisturizer, and an SPF. And that's it. (laughs) And that's totally okay. And it's great. And it's fun to have all these other added products and then therefore, you know, value to your skincare routine, but you don't by any means need them. And I also say, you know, skincare is having a moment. So you can also find a lot of products that do a lot of things. For example, like for those that are listening, Gretchen sent me kind of what she's using currently at home and kind of her concern areas. So I could use that as a prompt to kind of chat with you all about what I might recommend. So starting with a cleanser, we want to use that every night. Our skin is regenerating at night. So we want to go to bed with a clean face. You don't really need to cleanse in the morning. I don't in the winter months because I tend to be drier. That may be different if I'm in a mask or if, you know, I'm in a warmer climate or like the summer, I may cleanse in the morning, but you don't need to. And then a moisturizer every night and every morning and SPF every single morning. And that's it. (laughs) For some of us, you know, we want to add more and we can talk more, you know, later in our conversation about what that would look like. If you're someone that's like, yeah, I got the cleansing and the moisturizing and I'm ready for the fun, fancy stuff. But I really do just recommend that people start there, especially if you're overwhelmed and take the time and money that you would spend on all those extra products and maybe put it into like going and seeing an esthetician quarterly for that kind of extra clinical grade exfoliation, skin and 
analysis, and then they can recommend things from there to kind of take the guessing out of it. So yeah, it's possible to just have a three-step skincare routine instead of, I think, was it like Gwyneth Paltrow or something? It was like 14 steps or something ridiculous. So if anyone's trying to sell you that, I always tell people like, look into that person. Do they have a skincare line they're trying to sell you? (laughs) Because you don't need all that stuff. You really don't. So when it comes to SPF, is there a benefit of SPF 30 or 50 or 80? And is there a difference between like, I think it's called full spectrum or broad spectrum versus if it doesn't say those words. Yeah. So everybody's going to be a little bit different. And, you know, I have a lot of clients that come to me and they're resistant to SPF or haven't been using SPF because they associate it with clogging their pores. And again, there's a lot of good SPF on the market. Now I wear my SPF, even if I'm going out at night, because I use it as a base for my makeup. It's like a serum. It's beautiful. I love it. I have it on right now. I have no makeup on. So it's important to get broad spectrum. Yes. There are different types of sunscreens. There's physical and chemical. Some people do have reactions. I have a dear, dear friend who she tried to use my favorite sunscreen and it was just making her super dry and flaky. And some people react to zinc that way. So you're going to want to transition to a more chemical based sunscreen, but I recommend wearing SPF every day and the broad spectrum will cover UVA and UVB rays. And that's what that means. It's also going to protect you from a variety of other light, like blue light coming from our computers and our phones, which they're now starting to show through research is also aging and damaging our skin. It makes sense. Right. And a lot of people think, you know, I don't have to wear sunscreen if I'm not going outside. And that's true for UVB rays. We can't be burnt through glass, right? Like if we're driving, you're not getting a sunburn on your face from that. But UVA rays, which I like to say UV aging rays do penetrate glass. So like this bright, shiny window behind me, it's great for my mood. I need my vitamin D, but I also want to protect my skin from visible signs of aging, among other things. Wow. That's, that's a a lot to think about, but it's nice that there are products out there that can be like all in one. I'm all about making things as simple as possible. So I like that it's not two different SPFs. Is there a certain brand that you typically suggest for people who do have more sensitive skin or can have a tendency to have flares of eczema or rosacea? Is there a different, different ingredients for those types of skins versus someone that's not as sensitive? I would look at the formulation, right? So for example, my two favorites right now, and this is kind of just what I recommend off cuff for everybody that has sensitivity, problematic, acneic, eczema, maybe one, although with eczema as well, that's kind of something where you might treat the area where you have a flare up a little bit differently than the rest of your face. And that's something I would meet with an esthetician, connect with me about, I'm happy to do consults on those types of things. So it's really individualized. However, there are kind of two basic sunscreens that I recommend for my clients to at least start with. And then if they're having issues from there, fine. I love the Elta MD tinted sunscreen. That's what I wear every day, every night. I reapply it all the time. And that is really like a serum. It is formulated also with hyaluronic acid to try and combat some of that dryness that may be created by the zinc and other ingredients. On the other hand, I also love the Tula. It's like the glow screen, I think is the name of it. And that similarly is formulated with hyaluronic acid and other humectants that are going to be really hydrating for the skin. And that is more of a chemical based sunscreen. And it doesn't have that tint to it. If you don't kind of like a little bit of coverage. And do you find that people 
can use the same products year round or as the temperatures change, do the products change? Uh, definitely change your products by season. Yes. Oh, interesting. And that's why I recommend to everybody. And again, it's, I just want to be cognizant of everybody's time and money. And the reality is that, you know, I would love to go get a facial every other week if I could, but I can't afford that. (laughs) So I recommend that people at least see an esthetician quarterly. And that's because we're kind of seeing you at every season. And there is a big change in environmental factors that we want to address in our skincare routine, but also our skin changes, right? If I'm going through a hormonal change or a really stressful time that shows on my skin. And I think that's common for a lot of people. I don't want to gender it, but especially women when we're having high stress times around our menstruation cycles, we're going to notice that on our skin. And I don't know if you could speak to that at all, but especially me, it's like a telltale sign one week before my period, I got three like cystic, no matter what I do, they're coming in around my chin and jawline. Right. Oh man. So you've mentioned a few of these ingredients, the hyaluronic acid, zinc, some things that I see on commercials. Again, I don't know why I see a lot of skincare commercials, but there's like niacinamide peptides, like all these words that they're throwing at us. What are the ingredients that are actually important to include in your skincare routine and why, like, what does it do for you? Sure. So if you want to now, um, we could review what you sent me in an email and I can get in like a little bit more nitty gritty, but again, skincare is so individualized that I want to speak as generally and kind of simply as I can for your listeners. And then if we want to do follow-up, we can, you you, like, if people want to submit like specific questions about their skin type, I'm happy to answer that, but it really is so individualized for everybody. So basically, you know, there's a few ingredients I would say this time of year, winter months to look for. I want you to be using a hydrating cleanser, one that's not going to totally strip all the natural oils from your skin. That's going to be important in these winter months. I'm going to look for products like hyaluronic acid, which I feel like is such a buzzword now. Hyaluronic acid is actually, it's kind of doing two things. So it's moisturizing your skin, adding hydration, but it's also pulling moisture from the air and kind of drawing that to the skin. That's called a humectant. So that's something I would look for this time of year. Same with ceramides. It's basically added hydration and nourishment for your skin. You're going to see that by like V. that brand has really made this popular. And then the same thing, niacinamide and zinc. If you want to reduce kind of redness, pore size, those are ingredients I would look for. And I think the best thing to do, and it kind of, it circles right back to that first question that you drew. And I love that you drew that card is is also identifying if you're going to do over-the-counter products, which a lot of my clients do to identify brands or, you know, skincare creators, influencers that you trust and have some level of education or like regard for science and evidence-based products. You know, it's so easy to like run out. It's like every reality star I feel like now has a skincare line. And so I obviously have to go try some of these (laughs) to review and see, but like, you know, what does Lala Kent from Vanderpump Rules really know about skincare? Probably not a lot, right? Like Kylie had her whole thing come out and the scrub like has apricot or like plum pits or something ground up. That is 
St. Ives that we've all been screaming about. Like it's the same thing. It's just in a pretty package. So definitely identifying brands that you trust, that you can know their formulations are also going to have high percentages of those actives that I listed, like hyaluronic acid, zinc, niacinamide, ceramides. Awesome. And yeah, you mentioned earlier your Instagram page. If anyone listening is on Instagram, definitely check it out. I'll put it in the show notes so you can get easy access. I saw a video that you posted that I think you were in Target and the whole theme of your post was like cost-friendly options for your skincare routine. And I think you shared a moisturizer, serum, SPF, and a cleanser. Can you share with us some cost-friendly options that have these ingredients in it that we should be getting on our skin. Definitely. So let's pull up. And I said, I was going to do it. And then I started rambling. I'm going to pull up your skincare routine. So if it's okay with you, do you mind if I first kind of read that email that you sent me? Yeah, absolutely. And just to give the listeners a background. So I reached out to Emily because I mean, as I mentioned, I, I just started in this skincare world and I still have phases where like my skin is dry or my skin is really oily and I just can't figure it out. So that's why I sought out Emily for this. Yeah. So, and I've started doing this. I've actually had a lot of other people reach out that are like, I just want to consult with you. Like I don't live close enough to come in. And it's amazing what we can do now just via video. And also by just me looking at your skincare routine, I didn't get um, enough time to do a deep dive, but I really like to look at all the products people are using because, you know, in situations like Gretchen's where she kind of explained, she has dry patches and some redness, which indicates to me, there's some irritation going on. I love to pick through ingredient lists and figure out what might be causing that. But just to summarize, so Gretchen said she's been noticing her skin is pretty oily after she uses a toner, a serum, and a moisturizer in the morning. But when she wakes up, it's kind of dry, patches on her cheeks. She's been incorporating some hydrating products in hopes to reduce dryness and redness, some oiliness in the T-zone. And it does sound like based on kind of what you sent me, you have more sensitive skin or what I would even say reactive skin, which mine is the same. Like if it's windy outside within 30 seconds, I like have hives on my face because my skin is just like, oh, this is new and different. Let's freak out. So we have to be really intentional about when we're adding things, why we're adding them. And I also recognize that Gretchen, you are a very busy lady. So I want to make something easy for you. So in just a quick glance at kind of looking at what you're currently using, I would say, and don't take offense to this, (laughs) you are someone that was given a list of products (laughs) that is a consumer probably of ads and of Instagram. And they have started throwing all these popular skincare brands your way to try to get you to buy things. And I appreciate that you're paying attention to using hydrating products, but I might switch a few things out and just simplify it for you. So based on your concerns, these were my primary recommendations for you. And these are all kind of OTC over the counter. Most of them you can find at Target, Sephora, or Ulta, and they won't break the bank. So this is my skincare routine for you. In the morning, are you typically in a mask throughout the day? 
are you working from home? Uh, no, I work from home, so okay. I don't have to go out too much. Okay. So that's another thing that I get a lot of questions about and is also on my Instagram page is people that are in masks all day. I'm going to treat your skin a little bit differently, especially if you're wearing like a tight N95. I do think it's important to cleanse in the morning just because I want to make sure you're putting on a moisturizer or something to buffer. So it's not rubbing against that mask. And I don't want to have like bacteria or sweat or crap on your face that we're then just kind of sealing in with a moisturizer, if that makes sense. So for your skin type, I would skip cleansing in the morning, at least in the winter, you can do like a little bit of water. If you like, I like to do cold water in the morning, just cause it wakes me up and I'm like a little puffy. And I find that just that cold water, even if you just kind of hold it in your hands and put stick your face in it for a little while can kind of help with some of that deep puffing and just freshens it up. If you really like to cleanse in the morning, that La Roche-Posay hydrating gentle cleanser is amazing. I saw that you had the La Roche-Posay, I think in like a moisturizer. Yeah. So they also have a great hydrating cleanser I would recommend for you. You can also try any of the CeraVe products. I love their foaming cleanser for my skin type for a little bit more of a cleanse, but they also have a hydrating one that would be really gentle for you. You could also just tone with that snail mucin toner if you like. I didn't look really in the formulation of that to know, but it looks like it's mostly hydrating. There's nothing in there that's going to strip or be causing these areas of dryness. So you could even just do that. And then for the day, so I noticed your products, you're, you're in the right direction. So that the Glossier Daily Glow Serum it's okay. Their formulations are fine. They feel nice. It's pretty packaging. I love the eyebrows on all their models. You know, they have a look they've like definitely found a brand and I definitely have some of their stuff, you know, that I'll use from time to time, but for what you're paying for it, the formulation is like, okay. You know, I think you could get something for half the price that will do the same. And what I would recommend, and this is an example of a brand or an influencer that I really trust and love, Susan Yara. She does mixed makeup. She's been in the space forever. And she really focuses on education and formulation of products. She's on YouTube. You can learn a lot from her. Of course, she's an influencer. So there's an element of them trying to sell you something. But I trust her, generally speaking. She developed a skincare line, gosh, like a year and a half ago, maybe. And I use a lot of her products. You can find them right at Target, which is great. So I recommended for you two serums. You could use one or the other. She has a vitamin C super serum plus that has retinol in it. That has vitamin C in it. It has hyaluronic acid in it. So you're kind of doing three things with that hyaluronic acid. You're hydrating with the vitamin C you're brightening and with the retinol you're brightening and exfoliating. So some of those areas of rough patches are going to be taken care of by that retinol, but it's a pretty gentle formulation and formulated with other ingredients that are also going to provide some hydration. I would switch that out from the retinol that you're using now and build up to the retinol you're using now, because I believe it's a little bit too harsh for your skin and we have to introduce retinol more slowly. That doesn't mean that you can't build back up and use a retinol every day. I think you eventually could, but we really have to slowly introduce that to our skin because it is powerful. The other thing to remember with a retinol-based treatment is that sometimes it will get a little bit worse before it gets better. So retinol, you know, it's highly researched. It is like 
the end all be all for skincare ingredients. As far as I am concerned, you just have to find a formulation that's good for you. I'm someone that's sensitive. I'm actually on a tretinoin from a dermatologist that I use like once a week, maybe, (laughs) but I am someone that I was really sensitive when I was first introducing that it was really red and irritated. So I would scale back a little. Another thing you can do when introducing a retinol or retinoid is to apply over or kind of quickly apply moisturizer over it. That will kind of like dull the effect, so to speak. The other serum you could use in addition to, or instead of is the niacinamide serum. 12% plus zinc. And that's also through that Naturium brand. This is going to help with some of that dryness, the redness. It will also reduce some of that pore size and create a more even skin texture, which is something that you were looking for. I would follow that with a facial oil for you because you're a little bit drier. I think a lot of us are afraid of oil, but the time has come, especially as we get older, we can introduce those oils. I am absolutely obsessed with this new brand. I'm going to, well, I've already brought it into my studio to use in facials. I use it at home. I'm probably going to start selling it as well because I think it's amazing. It's called the rebrand. The chemist's name is Aubrey and this is her own skincare line. And she's really committed to sustainable skincare and She's reduced kind of all plastic. None of her bottles are single use. It's all glass. So you can refill them regularly. They're sustainable products that are good for the environment. They're vegan, all that fun stuff. She has a super oil and I put that on every day. I'll like give myself a little facial massage with it at lunch. I'm just obsessed with it. So I would apply a light layer of that over your serum and then apply that La Roche-Posay moisturizer with SPF that you have. If you like to keep it simple, that's what I would do in the morning. And then at night, obviously you're going to kind of nix the SPF. So I would use like a lighter moisturizer at night. And then in some of those areas where you're experiencing dry patches, something that has now it's called slugging. I like heard this recently and was like, what is this all about? And it's something my grandmother has been doing for years. So you know what? Maybe she coined it. I don't know. It's aquaphor or like a bag bomb, a petrolatum based product to go over your moisturizer. And it's going to create an occlusive layer so that your moisturizer is kind of like locked in and can't be like evaporating off your face. So that's a good thing to do in areas where you're having extra dryness or, you know, discomfort to do the moisturizer and then add a little layer of aquaphor over those areas that are concerning to you. And it's not comedogenic, which a lot of people don't realize much better than like a coconut oil or something like that, that will clog your pores. Oh, interesting. So, so the main difference between morning routine and nighttime routine would simply be, you don't need the SPF and a lighter moisturizer versus the morning. Yeah. Well, and I'm just kind of saying that because you're also having those oily areas, somebody else like myself, that's dry. I'm actually wearing a heavier night cream, except for around my eyes. Cause I'm starting to get milia, which is upsetting. So it's, it depends, but for you, that's what I would do. And then just kind of beef up the moisture in the, the area, the target areas that are a little bit drier. And the other thing that you can do, you know, a lot of these products, like the serums you're using during the day are brightening that vitamin C, that retinol, but you could certainly use a retinol at night. If you wanted to use either of those serums, you could use them morning and night, but you certainly don't need to. 
Gotcha. Oh, so interesting. So if someone is listening and they're like, Ooh, I want a consult. I want her to look at my skin and give me suggestions. How can people reach out to you? And I'll put your Instagram name in the show notes, but is there any other way that they can reach out? Yeah. So Instagram, if you're on there is the best way I'm pretty active responding to messages, regular posts, and you can just get a lot of education that way. Like you don't have to pay me for a service. I, like I said, accessibility is big. So I try to post as much as I can, when I have time, I do work in healthcare. So COVID is a little crazy right now, but getting better. So I'm getting better about posting. So sd.m, like I said, on Instagram, you can also shoot me an email. I'm at Emily, which is E-M-I-L-Y dot Bruce, B-R-U-C-E dot esthetician at gmail.com. And that's esthetician with an E, not an A-E. You can also find me online at emilybruceesthetician.com. Awesome. Thank you for all of that. And thank you for all of these resources and just sharing your expertise. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you feel everyone should know about when it comes to managing skincare? So a few things. I think less is more. I think establishing small but consistent habits that you do every day is way better than any grand gesture. So if you're not doing consistent home care routine and wearing an SPF for 10 years and then go see an esthetician or a dermatologist, we could do lasers. We can, you know, we can do all these treatments, facelifts, Botox, whatever, but there is no amount of anything that's going to reverse all the damage that you've done by not taking care of it daily at home. So I think that's really important. I think also identifying with the professional, what your skincare type is to take the guessing out of things is really important. I think if you're seeing an esthetician, that's trying to sell you worth of products. Every time you go in, find another one, you know, in social work, we use this term a lot, or maybe it's a strategy. I don't know. Uh, We meet people where they're at. I'm not going to go out and tell someone to pick themselves up by their bootstraps if they don't even have socks on. And the same goes for my clients in aesthetics. If you're not leaving with a home care routine that you understand why you're doing it, and it's not one that you can afford and sustain, I haven't done my job. I want to meet you where you're at and make sure that skin health is a reality for you. The other thing I want to just say really quickly, I want to make sure that I also have a piece in here for the listeners that are obsessed with skincare and like, what is a facial? What are all these things? So we've talked all throughout how you can keep this easy. Cleanser, moisturizer, SPF, easy. This is the list of what I'm going to do if you come in for a facial, or if you're like a beauty buff and you have all these products, but you don't know how to layer them or what to do, give yourself a facial at home. Why not? Especially we're working from home. It's great to have these rituals to calm down. So I'm going to give it to you just a full list. If you want to do like a full facial, or if you're someone that wants 20 products and a 12 step routine, this is for you. If you're coming in for a facial, this is what you're going to get. We're going to do a first step, which is a cleanse with a cream-based oil cleanser or a balm. That's going to remove all the kind of oil clogged pores, SPF makeup. I'm going to then go in with a gel-based cleanser, maybe one that foams if you're a little bit more acneic. That's going to wash off the remaining impurities and also wipe away kind of the oil cleanser and what's left over from that. 
I'm then going to analyze your skin using a mag light and a deep light. I'm going to look at your pores, see what areas are clogged and what I can extract, see where you might be drier, where you might have that rosacea or eczema, things like that. I'm then going to exfoliate. This will depend on your skin type, typically under steam, a light chemical peel, or perhaps an enzyme. If you're a little bit more sensitive, I love to use an enzyme-based peel. That's all going to be under steam. Then we're going to extract anything that needs to be popped, poked, prodded, whatever. Try not to do this at home. If you have to make sure your hands are clean, your skin is clean, and you're using either Q-tips or like gloves so that you're not scratching and kind of pushing impurities into other pores. I'm then going to tone at that point. I want to bring my pH down. I want to make sure I'm cleansing any areas where I may have kind of remaining fluid or anything from popped or unclogged pores. I'm then going to follow with a treatment mask. I like to use kind of different masks in different areas. Like you said, your T-zone tends to be a little bit more oily and you might be drier in other spots. So in areas where you have congestion or oiliness, you might use like a clay based or a charcoal type mask. And then in other areas, you want to use something that's cooling, hydrating. You don't want to put like charcoal or something really harsh, a clay drying mask on an area of your skin that's already dry. We're then going to do a really luxurious facial massage. I encourage everyone to give themselves facial massage whenever possible. It's good to move around stagnant lymph, to get rid of toxins, to stimulate blood flow and some collagen production. When your skin gets pink, that's what we want. We're kind of feeding nutrients to the skin. I'm then going to follow with any serums that I might use to target, whether that's a vitamin C or a retinol, or perhaps, you know, something different for wrinkles. Then I'm going to follow up with an eye cream, a moisturizer, and then I'm going to lock it all in with a facial oil. I love that list <laughs> and just like having you take us through that and, and why it's important. I think that's so helpful to understand. Yeah. So that's why you would do a very full or come in for a facial. Um, that would be like the full extent of what you could do to your face. Awesome. Yeah. And I didn't mention this earlier, but you know, when I, whenever I do take care of my skin, I feel like other things in my life are also more of a focus. Like if I'm taking care of my skin, I also want to stay hydrated because I know that can help my skin and my energy and just my movement in general. And I'm also more likely to exercise. So it kind of is like a ripple effect. Like if you take care of one area of your life, other areas will also fall into place. So all of these tips are just such great guidance. Thank you again for sharing them with us. And uh, I hope a lot of people reach out to you for their own consults. Yeah, for sure. And reach out with questions, you know, gross pictures, whatever. I've seen it all. So <laughs> definitely reach out. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am so grateful to have you as a listener. If you'd like extra resources, such as a video of one of my seated exercise classes, my favorite core exercises, and the opportunity to ask me your questions, head to missinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you loved this episode and think a friend or family member with MS would benefit from listening, please go ahead and text or email this podcast to them right now. Sharing this podcast will help me educate and empower as many MS warriors as possible. 
Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link Podcast.